And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Injuries and quarterback intrigue take center stage on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello everyone, welcome into Fantasy Football in 15 for Tuesday, November 22nd. I am Michael Beller, I am joined by Derek Van Riper, week 12, or week 11, excuse me, now fully behind us. We move the calendar over to week 12, Thanksgiving week, three games coming on Thursday. We're ready to talk about those and the rest of the week beyond it as well. Uh, Derek, how are things going over there, man? Things are going pretty well. Nice to have a short week. Nice to have a few football games lined up on Thursday as well. Of course, that's a big part of the Thanksgiving Day tradition at my gatherings. Uh, I imagine it's a big part of yours. It is indeed, right? And uh, obviously our Thanksgiving gatherings this year are going to be different. So nice to have uh, at least somewhat of a sense of normalcy uh, that the football games can provide us. Of course, we've got the Lions. They are playing the Texans this season. Cowboys and Washington football team. And then the nightcap, at least as scheduled, is between the Ravens and the Steelers. And that's where we'll start this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Bad news out of Baltimore. On Monday, we uh, first learned that a handful of players and staff for the Ravens tested positive for COVID-19. Later in the day, we learned that two of those players were J.K. Dobbins and Mark Ingram. So they are on the COVID list, and they tested positive. This is not a situation of them being close. They uh, did test positive. So if this game does go off on Thursday, these two uh, running backs will not be playing for the Ravens. Uh, the game is still on as scheduled. Obviously, we are people first. We are humans first. And I, I just feel like I have to say that because our job also requires us to make what can at times sound like a really disgusting pivot, but got to do it. So Gus Edwards in line to start for the Ravens in this game on Thursday. How are we feeling about him from a fantasy perspective in that game? I mean, I think it's 15-plus carries with ease in an offense where running the ball is clearly a strength. And I think we've seen enough signs from Gus Edwards in the timeshare he's been used in so far this season to suggest he could at least be competent in that role. Uh, the one thing I'm kind of curious about is whether or not he'd have any sort of involvement as a pass catcher. He's only caught three passes all season. Part of that's mm -hmm. the crowded backfield, but I don't know if it's only the fact that it's a crowded backfield. So I do see him as kind of a game script dependent sort of back working as that lead guy. And Lamar Jackson could be the lead runner for the Ravens in any given week yep. with both of those other backs out. That's totally possible as well. But even if you run Jackson 15 plus times, I have to imagine Edwards is getting at least 15 carries of his own. Yeah, I think that that's going to be there as well, right? I mean, this team is what it is. They can't suddenly decide to turn more into its passing game. The passing game hasn't been there all year, so I don't know why we should expect it to be there against the Steelers on Thursday night. I would say that Gus Edwards falls into the group of running backs we've talked about quite a bit in that the volume is going to be there, but just because the volume is there doesn't mean that he he excuse me necessarily needs to be 
in your starting lineups. I would still think about who this player is, what the matchup is that he's facing. In more cases than not, I think you're going to play Gus Edwards because of that volume being there to him, because this is still a team that you know, win, lose, or draw is going to run the ball probably 25, 30 times as the way they draw up their offense. So that definitely works in his favor. But still keep in mind, this isn't just automatically because the volume's there in easy play. He still is Gus Edwards. He's still a limited player. He's still probably not going to have that much of a role in the passing game. All these things are things that need to be factored in as you are making your start-sit decisions for Week 12. Uh, some other Thursday news that we have here. Uh, Lions have uh, still that host of injuries. Uh, they have an estimated practice report from Monday. DeAndre Swift would have been a non-participant because of his concussion. Matthew Stafford limited because of his thumb injury. TJ Hawkinson also limited because of the shoulder. The fact that these guys played on Sunday and then would automatically or right off the bat be listed as limited seems to be a good sign that both Stafford and Hawkinson are able to go. Still no word on Kenny Galladay with his hip issue. DeAndre Swift looking like a long shot right now. Tuesday's practice and Wednesday's, those are going to be the big ones for Swift. In Washington, we had no practice for both Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. They're both nursing ankle injuries, but again, obviously they played you know, 24 hours, not even before. So no reason to rush McLaurin and Gibson out there if you are Washington. Let's take a look on Tuesday and Wednesday and see what their practice participation might be. Adam Thielen coming off a big game in Week 11. He, too, is on the COVID-19 reserve list. Uh, as of our recording, no word as to whether it's a positive test for him or a uh, just a, a close contact like we saw with Ben Roethlisberger and Matthew Stafford in recent weeks. Uh, but this is a game the Vikings won't be playing until Sunday, so Thielen definitely has time, especially if he is in that latter group, to be able to play this week. Julio Jones, however, already being discussed as potentially a game-time decision. This coming from uh, the uh, press conference with the head coach Raheem Morris on Monday, already saying that uh, it's possible that his hamstring, that Julio Jones' hamstring injury, takes him all the way up to game time uh, if they're going to know whether or not he can play this week. And that's troubling that this is happening this far in advance. We all saw Atlanta's offense really go into a shell uh, after Julio left that game and basically didn't play the entire second half against the Saints. I think, Derek, I'm not playing Matt Ryan if Julio's not out there. I feel decent enough about Calvin Ridley. I feel decent enough about Todd Gurley because of the volume. But I think I'm going away from Matt Ryan if Julio can't play. I think you can justify it. I mean, if you look back at the two games earlier this season that Julio did not play, I believe that was against the Bears in Week 3 and the Panthers in Week 5. Matt Ryan was under 15 fantasy points in both of those games, and I realize those were reasonably tough matchups. Both those teams are better than average against the pass, so you have to consider that. But those were home games for Matt Ryan. Those are usually spots where he thrives. He just hasn't been the Matt Ryan we're used to overall this season. You take away Julio... I think that does bring both the floor and the ceiling to the point where you're looking at Ryan as kind of a lower-end QB2. Ideally, you have somebody else that you've been working with in tandem with Ryan who you could play over him. We talked a lot about Taysom Hill on our episode on Monday. In leagues where Taysom Hill's available, I think you're picking up and playing Taysom oh, yeah. Hill over Matt Ryan <laughs> given the circumstances. 
Yeah, I would uh, definitely agree with that. And we talked a lot about Taysom Hill on Monday's show and on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. So if you missed that, check those out. We're not going to get into Taysom Hill anymore here. I'm just, I would be very wary about starting Matt Ryan if he can't go, uh, if Julio Jones can't go. That is, this has been years in the making here too, where Julio comes off the field and Matt Ryan is a totally different quarterback. I do think you would want to think twice about Matt Ryan being your quarterback if Julio Jones is a no-go because of that hamstring injury. Derek, the quarterback competition that we talked about so much in the summer that just wouldn't go away even though we knew at the time it didn't matter, it's back on. Another quarterback competition in Chicago this week. It's like our summer in microcosm right here in Week 12. Nick Foles uh, suffered a hip injury the last time we saw the Bears in Week 10 uh, in uh, just another embarrassing performance for the offense, a 19-13 loss to the Vikings. Mitch Trubisky has been on IR because of his shoulder injury, but he is eligible to return this week. Matt Nagy already out there saying that both guys are working their way back from injury, that a quarterback change is possible. This week, this is Sunday Night Football at Green Bay. Obviously, you are not starting either of the Chicago quarterbacks unless you have both in a Superflex League and you just are going to go with whichever one is starting. But let's talk more about the guys on the Bears. Allen Robinson, David Montgomery, who's likely to return from the concussion that kept him out of that game against the Vikings. Darnell Mooney, Jimmy Graham, all guys who have varying degrees of fantasy attractiveness. If you are invested in one of them, do you care which Bears quarterback starts? Not really. <laughs> I think the original thought on Allen Robinson and Anthony Miller going all the way back to draft season was it doesn't matter who wins the job. And for a brief moment after Nick Foles came on and played really well against what has turned out to be a terrible Atlanta defense in week three, we thought, oh, maybe Foles does elevate this offense a little bit. As we've seen now over the last seven games, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter they're both below average quarterbacks and despite that Allen Robinson can produce at least wide receiver two numbers but I think he brings wide receiver one ceiling anytime he steps out onto the field Uh, so as far as Bears receivers I trust or don't trust it does not change at all if the Bears go back to Trubisky and step away from Foles I agree with that completely. I will throw in an anecdotal two cents being a Bears fan and having watched uh, pretty much every snap this team has played this season, even though it's been dreadful to watch for the most part. I feel like I would rather have Trubisky out there only because of his mobility. This is a brutal offensive line that frankly isn't going to get any better this season. It was a bad line last year. They didn't address it in the offseason. They've had some injuries. They've had some COVID issues of their own, and it's just been a bad line that's just not going to get any better this year. So with that in mind, I would feel a little bit more comfortable having someone who can actually get away from a rush if it gets into the backfield. So I do, I would like to see a return to Mitch Trubisky, crazy as that sounds and crazy as that is to say, because he can at least deal with the pressure better than Nick Foles can. Once the pressure gets in the backfield, that's the end of the play for the Bears with Nick Foles. At least Trubisky, they can design some things for him to roll out. He can get away from pressure and use his athleticism. So uh, being someone who actually is invested in Allen Robinson in one of his most important leagues, I would like to see Mitch Trubisky get back under center, if only because at least he can get away from the pressure that is inevitably coming his way. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, let's move on to Miami, where they're sure of who their quarterback of the future is. It is Tua Tungavailoa, but he was not their quarterback of the second half in last week's loss to the Denver Broncos. Brian Flores out here saying that it was not an injury issue, that it was related to play. They felt like Brian Fitzpatrick gave them a better chance to come back, and uh, they did actually uh, generate some points with Fitzpatrick under center, but did not come back in that game. But Everything remains the same. Tua Tungavailoa will start this week. A good bounce back spot against the Jets for Tua. Is it a good enough spot for you to want to play him, Derek? Or I guess maybe a better way to put this is, where would you play him? How much trouble would you have to be in at the quarterback position to want to turn to Tua in this spot? If my combo is Matt Ryan and Tua, I'm at least thinking about playing him because the matchup is just that good. I mean, at Denver, it's not the typical buzzsaw sort of matchup that we're accustomed to, but they've played reasonably well overall defensively. I think they're 14th in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. That was not an easy spot. It was just disappointing to see them get the hook because you kind of feel like the Dolphins are at the point now where they believe Tua Tungavailoa is a better option than Ryan Fitzpatrick. If they didn't believe that, they wouldn't have made the switch at the bye week, right? They would have just let Mm -hmm. Fitz continue to start. So, I love the bounce back potential here because we're talking about a Jets defense that is atrocious. Fourth most fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks this season. It is a very soft landing spot. I think he's inside the top 20 among quarterbacks, but when Jake Seeley's rankings come out for the week, are you going to be surprised if Matt Ryan is ranked right next to Tua Tungavailoa? I think they're both in the difficult decision tier among quarterbacks playable but you're looking carefully at the alternatives yeah I think that I think that's absolutely right and I'll give you another example of one a real world example I've got a super flex team where my QB1 no doubt about it Josh Allen but then my QB2 spot I rotate between or my options are between Baker Mayfield uh, Tua Tungavailoa and Drew Locke and I haven't dug in just yet for this week 
But I think I lean toward Tua uh, being the guy there. Baker Mayfield has the Jaguar, so I think he could be in the discussion as well. And then Drew Locke and the Broncos, they are taking on the Saints. So Locke's probably out of that uh, just off the top of the head. But Tua Baker, I think that's a fair one too. I think they're all going to be in that same region. So despite the way that Tua played last week, we're not just totally shunting him out of the fantasy football picture. One more quarterback to talk about here. It is Carson Wentz. As of right now, Doug Peterson saying, Nothing to see here. Carson hasn't necessarily played super well, but he remains the starter. However, Derek, we're going into fantasy football playoff season. We've got two weeks left here in the regular season. There's really no more big moves to be made without an injury. If you're in a super flex league, this feels like a pretty decent time to speculate on Jalen Hurts. Can I get you on board with that? Yeah, I wonder, are the Eagles going to make that move down the stretch? Speaking of good matchups for Week 12, Carson Wentz having the Seahawks on tap, that's a great bounce-back opportunity. If he comes out and struggles against that defense, then we might see a change going into Week 13 against the Packers. But uh, I, (laughs) I think Wentz falls right into this conversation of guys who look pretty safe in terms of having a job, look good with the matchup, but definitely bring more downside than expected. I mean, 14 picks is a big surprise. I did not see that coming from Carson Wentz. I think if he struggles to take care of the ball in Week 12, you might be right to speculate on Hurts. I mean, if we're in a 14-team Superflex League, I think in a league like that, that's a good use of a bench spot for the next week or two because the payoff Mm -hmm. with Hurts is enough to where you want to use a roster spot that way if we're talking like a 10 12 team a little bit of a smaller super flex league Mm -hmm. i'd probably just take the wait and see approach in those thinner formats also not a bad week to do it with it being so thin on the waiver wire there's really no one to go after so if you do have someone who you can afford to drop this would not be a bad time to speculate on Jalen Hurts. And that's going to do it for this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. We've got a Black Friday deal coming your way at The Athletic. It starts on Black Friday, but we're already putting it out there now, getting you ready for it. $1 a month is back. You'll be able to activate that on Friday. Go to theathletic.com slash football in 15 to do so. For DVR, I am Michael Beller. Fantasy Football in 15 will be back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening and have a great day.